Good morning, and welcome to the Joy in the Morning. This is Aaron Harris, pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street. We hope this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, I Wonder Have I Done My Best for Jesus. Jennings Bryan was passing through Columbus, Ohio many years ago and stopped to eat in a restaurant. His attention was called to a slice of watermelon that looked good, so he ordered it and ate it. He was so pleased with the melon that he asked the waiter to try to dry off some of the seed so he could take them home and plant them in his garden. That night, a thought came into his mind. 
he would use the melon as an illustration. The next morning when he had reached Chicago, he had enough seeds weighed up to find out that it would take about 5,000 seeds to weigh a pound, and allowing an average watermelon to weigh 30 pounds, he applied some mathematics. He said, A few weeks ago, someone had planted a little seed in the ground. Under the influence of sunshine and rain, that little seed had taken off its coat and gone to work. It had gathered nutrition and water up to 200,000 times its own weight through its tiny stem and built a watermelon. On the outside, it put a covering of green within that rind of white and within that core of red. And then it scattered through the red some seeds, each one capable of doing the same work over again. What architect drew the plan? Where did that little watermelon seed get its tremendous strength? Where did it find its flavoring extract and its coloring matter? How did it build a watermelon? Until you can explain a watermelon, do not be too sure that you can set limits to the power of the Almighty or tell just what he would do or how he would do it. The most learned man in the world cannot explain a watermelon, but the most ignorant men can eat a watermelon and enjoy it. God has given his knowledge necessary to use those things, and the truth that he's revealed to us is infinitely more important for our welfare than it would be to understand the things. He has seen fit to conceal from us. It is true that we do not have to understand how the miracles recorded in God's word were done. We just have to believe them and accept the fact that it took a great God to create this universe and it takes a great God to keep it going. Listen now as Joshua and Stephanie McClellan sing for us this beautiful song entitled, In Christ Alone.
Join the morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're in the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14, and there are services available in the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Jeremy Hetrick plays for us in the trumpet this beautiful song entitled, My Savior's Love.
Don't let the cynics and the worldly wise people of this age fool you. They may scoff at the old gospel hymns, pulling the verses apart and trying to prove that there are a lot of sickly sentiment. To them, any strong reminder of man's faith is the cause for the most violent argument. But one of the most celebrated psychologists of modern times did not share this view. Dr. Carl Jung, hailed as a leader in his profession, went out of his way to recommend hymns to his patients. Dr. Jung declared that a large percentage of our troubles, worries, and fear are due to the fact that we keep them to ourselves. He therefore advised his patients to share their troubles with God, and he advised that nothing could help more than gospel hymns that invite this unburdening of the soul. Dr. Young recommended one of favorite in particular. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. This hymn is like a perfect tranquilizer. It definitely offers a healthful peace of mind. People who are depressed or despairing would surely benefit if they would recover the simple faith they had as children. The moment one casts his burdens on the Lord, he is relieved from mental stress and strain. The wearing tension is broken. It is like escaping from a dark prison. If Joseph Scriven, the author of What a Friend We Have in Jesus, were alive today, how pleased he would be that his words were so bringing new hope and comfort to the downhearted. Scriven himself had a very melancholy Life. He was born in Dublin, Ireland, 1820. After graduating from Trinity College, he immigrated to Canada. Tragedy shadowed him almost from the beginning. He was subject to depression, and this condition probably heightened when the girl to whom he was engaged was accidentally drowned only a few days before their wedding. After that, Scriven was never the same. He devoted all his time and money to helping the poor without thought for himself. Scriven's popular lines were brought to light by accident. One day in 1857, a friend came to sit with him when he was ill. The friend happened to run across the scribbled verses. They were the stanzas of what a friend we have in Jesus. Scriven told his friend that he had written them to send to his mother back in Ireland. Then and there, they were saved from oblivion to become a comfort to countless Christians everywhere. Listen to the words of this song as the Grace Kids Camp sing for us, I will call upon the Lord.
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorified and risen Lord Jesus Christ and his revelation to the Apostle Paul. Following his 40-day Bible conference with his apostles, including his bodily ascension on the 40th day, everything Christ taught and did involved the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, Acts 1-3, and not the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we have previously studied after the death of Judas, who was not a believer, the apostle Peter sought a replacement for him. Why? Because the Apostle Peter, who had received the Holy Spirit for power, knew they needed 12 apostles to judge the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. Yet after the Apostle James, the brother of John, who was killed by a sword by the hand of King Herod, Peter never sought a replacement. Why not? Because God's program is going to change. God is going to raise up Saul of Tarsus. His name will be changed to Paul. He will become the apostle to the Gentiles, the apostle to the church, the body of Christ. He will be the one apostle to the church, the body of Christ, and he never was to be the replacement for Judas, nor a part of the ministry of the twelve apostles. I would like to read to you a statement from a leading fundamentalist of years past. This could be found in his book, Pentecost and After. Quoting him, Now the great mistake of Peter, notice he considers this a mistake. Now the great mistake of Peter in engineering the appointment of Matthias was because he did not understand the difference between the kingdom and the church, the body of Christ. This fundamentalist, taught and believed that Peter and the apostles in the little flock of believers made a mistake with the appointment of Matthias. This individual believed that it should have been Paul. He would say, after all, where do you hear again of Matthias? Well, I'd raise the question, where do you hear of Thomas or Bartholomew? How many God-inspired epistles did Thomas or Bartholomew write? I wrote these words in his book. Does this author even understand the difference between Israel and the church? I doubt it if he does not understand Pauline authority or the Pauline apostleship or the uniqueness of Paul's apostleship. He believes that it should have been Paul and not Matthias. His rationale would be that Peter acted in haste. This is the same Peter who said that he would not not deny the Lord but ended up denying him at the shadow of the cross. He also questions why just two men were appointed to replace Judas. Joseph, called Barsubius, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. There were only two appointed because of the 120 disciples. After the three and a half year earthly ministry of Christ, there were about 120 disciples, Acts 1.15. These are the only two men who fulfilled the requirements as set forth in Acts 1.22. Matthias, who would become the twelfth apostle, his name means God's gift. What a tremendous name and a tremendous meaning to his name. Paul was not even a saved individual at the time. How could he have been an apostle? Remember, they just finished a 40-day Bible conference with the Lord, the time from his bodily resurrection to his ascension. 
And clearly there's a difference between Peter during the earthly ministry of Christ and Peter leading up to the cross and Peter afterwards. What was the change in Peter? He was baptized with the Holy Spirit of God for power. How could Peter have made a mistake? And again, I remind you of Acts 1-2. Under the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The book of Acts is more than the Acts of the Apostles. It's the act of the Lord Jesus Christ through the apostles whom he had chosen. It begins with 12, and it's going to end with 1. Notice these words. And we're not going to read all these verses. We're going to read part of it. We'd encourage you to be following along and reading in your Bible. Psalm 110 verse 1 says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand. In Mark 16, 19, After Christ had spoken to his apostles, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. That's his ascension. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 12 says, But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Hebrews 1.3, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Yet Acts 7.55, but he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly into heaven. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Romans 8.34, he's at the right hand of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So put this together to understand this. Mark 16, 19, Hebrews 1, 3, and Hebrews 10, 12. Following his ascension back to heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ sat down in prophecy on the right hand of God. He sat down because his sacrifice was complete. That is why he is seen as sitting. And that is why he will be the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron's group. Because remember, Christ came through the tribe of Judah and not through the tribe of Levi. But he sat down because the sacrifice was complete. In Acts 7.55, at the stoning of Stephen, Stephen sees the Lord Jesus Christ standing. He's not standing because of the fact that he's ready to receive Stephen's spirit in heaven after his death because of the stoning. He stood because it was judgment was about to fall. Then Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, the Lord Jesus Christ is seen seated on the right hand of God. He sat down in mystery. We need to understand the distinctiveness of the Pauline apostleship. Nine of Paul's 13 epistles in the salutation talks about him being an apostle of Jesus Christ either by the will of God or by the commandment of God. Romans 1.1, 1, 1, he is called to be an apostle. Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. 1 Timothy 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, during his earthly ministry, chose 12 apostles. Matthias was chosen by man through the casting of lots. The Apostle Paul was chosen by the will of God, by the commandment of God, to be the Apostle to the Gentiles, to the church, the body of Christ. We're going to continue looking at this. And 1 Timothy talks about the words of Christ. So this is still the life of Christ. It is now the glorified and risen Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, raising up the Apostle Paul and giving him the message for the church. We need to understand this. 
salvation is through the word of God. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for all of our sins. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, would you trust him right now, right where you're at before it's eternally too late? You have been listening to Joy in the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust you have received a spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Aaron Harris wishing you God's best for now and for eternity.